Hello, welcome back to Thursday Night North America Garbly Games. We are back with more Actun Cthulhu. We are going to be starting the campaign, the recently released revised edition of Shadows of Atlantis, because it came out previously for the old Actun Cthulhu. We have the new edition now, so this is that adventure, but updated with the 2D20 rules and everything, and... Uh, with a little bit of new stuff. So we're going to start that tonight. We're going to kick things off in Vienna in August of 1939. So it's a bit of a rewind from where we played previously in the last adventure. I think it was in 1941. Correct me if I'm wrong, players. I think it was 41. Yeah, 41. 41. So we're kind of like, that kind of never happened. And this is really their first mission together. And uh, this is so like on the, the dawn of World War II, uh, starting in Vienna. So nothing's really happened, but there's like unease in Europe at this time and fear of what's happening in Germany and this crazy party that is ma amassing and gaining power and taking things over. But um, yeah, so we'll do the round table. We have one new character joining us. The rest are returning. And fortunately, our French uh, ninja will not uh, <laughs> be joining us for the adventure of poor Henri. You see the little black box down there is not continuing on, unfortunately, but hopefully Henri can join us at some point again in the near future. So let's do the round table. We'll remind everybody of the characters and who they're playing. Jeff, you are up first as Pavel. I am Pavel Voracek. I am I am Hungarian spiritual leader and occultist. I have a little marmot friend you can see up here named Gregor, who is uh, quite delightful, sees things he cannot that most people can't see. Um, Pavel is a bit of a strange one. He's kind of awkward, but very friendly. He chooses uh, as he stares into what mortals should not stare into. He he laughs at it, uh, secretly knowing deep below his soul is already crushed and ruined and forfeit. Uh, he's a bit of a wanderer. He he tends to travel quite often. He's originally from the Carpathian Mountains and stuff, and like. Yeah, so he's like druid too. He like taps into forces of nature and like you know old gods and stuff. Uh, but he's very friendly, and he's a little heartbroken because he thinks if the other if the other mission did not actually happen, does that mean his his sister Duska remains unwed? Right now, yes. <laughs> we'll see what happens with the timeline. Maybe this is the <laughs> this is the saddest thing I've ever heard. I worked so hard to. Get <laughs> to get her to, con to convince Harry to marry. <laughs> so very sad. Oh, perhaps Sergeant Morris. <laughs> I was going to try to get Sergeant Morris to uh to get married to cousin. Uh, very tall cousin, very big. We'd be perfect together. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oi. Uh, all right. Very good. Megan is playing Ruby. Tell yep, us about uh, Ruby. Yeah, Lieutenant um, Ruby McKay uh, comes from uh, Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, Canada. Um, she worked in a diner when the love of her life walked in. Um, Roger. Uh, kind of. So they decided to come to England uh, as they heard the unrest was happening. Um, and wanted to be uh, on the ground in case they were needed. Unfortunately, um, Roger was killed. Um, and although uh, Ruby was with him, um, 
she made it out alive, obviously. And uh, here's whispers in the. Yeah, it's just recent. Like I would, I would say that he passed probably about six months ago. So it's super fresh in her mind. Yes, 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 yes. In August, nineteen thirty-nine. Yeah, this has just happened. The war has now broken out, which is interesting. Isn't that what brought you to Europe? I don't. We have to discuss what brought you all to Europe. You're all working for Section D. We'll talk about that after. It poses all sorts of timeline problems. Uh, Aaron is joining us with a new character, Leopold. Good evening. I am, I am Leopold, and yes, I am from Germany, but I am an expat. My family left Germany in 1933 when my mother's premonitions of the rise of Adolf Hitler convinced our family to relocate to Great Britain. We are, she is fairly well off. Uh, so we, the transition was not difficult. Uh, we are a family of psychics, and my mother's powers are uh, of a premonitory uh, type. She is a uh, prognosticator, you might say. My father, on the other hand, uh, he fought in the Great War, uh, and his skills were much more, I say, active. I have taken more after my father in some ways, being a telepath, and the telekinetic. I have been studying, we were studying in the school in Munich that my parents were teachers at, uh, a school for gifted youngsters before, uh, before we fled in the night to England. I consider myself, uh, he's a young man in his, his mid twenties. He's uh, thin, wiry build, perhaps five foot seven, often wearing a newsboy cap. Uh, and a and a heavy worker's jacket with pockets filled of ball bearings and and uh, nails and the like. He's a bit of an odd one, but he is finding a, a a new mission in his relationship with this section D. That's Leo Brune. Leo Brune. Uh, and Jonathan returning with or Jeremy returning with Jonathan. <laughs> Oh, okay. Hot. I am. I am Jonathan Sergeant Jonathan Morris. Um, you know, career soldier, head knocker. How to say that I got here? All we know is that he died at one point. Maybe he's just a lot older than he looks. Maybe he was a soldier from World War One before he died, and they did the experiment on him. Now they use words like super soldier, which is just a bit gauche. Really, all he cares about is that he can punch people's face in with the shield. It's you pretty, know, there you go. It's pretty spectacular. It is. It's wonderful. Yeah. I had to give up the sword, though. Yeah. I, I will say, um, Pavel, I'm really sorry. I'm sure that your cousin is lovely, but technically, like legally, I'm dead, and I'm not sure that she'd be allowed to like marry a dead person. Oh, that is fine. That is okay. Very okay. Very open rules for marriage from in Carpathian villages. No, no problem whatsoever. There. And it's okay. The other three husbands she had before you are also dead. So it would be that she's very used to this. <laughs> it was under small suspicion how they died, but not important. Uh, uh, she used the black sheep. Oh, God. I mean, not Why? literally a black sheep. I don't want you to think I'm crazy. <laughs> like, she's actually human. But, you know, she does have pets that are black sheep, though. There are sheep herders up there to keep warm during winter. 
I'm glad you're here because you make me feel normal. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad you are here too. No, I am glad I am here. I am confused. Okay. <laughs> so, so at this point, there is no war yet in Europe. It has not broken out. You all report to the British intelligence organization Section D, who have been keeping ties and a close eye on things going on in Germany with the growing power of the Nazi party. And um, also their interests in the occult. So what would have drawn Section D to recruiting, well, each of you? Like Aaron, you covered yours off already. Jonathan, it's safe to say you 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 maybe you're on loan from the U.S. Mm -hmm. as part of the Super Soldier program. So, Pavel, what 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 did Section D? What did they reach out to you, Pavel and Ruby, and and say we need we need you we need you over here in England? I think it was clearly Pavel's leadership in steady focus. Uh, no, Pavel speaks like all the languages. Uh, he is polyglot. He has traveled uh, just all over the world. Uh, he know he blends in uh, everywhere he goes, despite his very colorful attire. But he's very good with people. Uh, he speaks uh, some some strange languages, uh, right. and he has the ability to tap into um, to some of the forces uh, of uh, supernatural that probably uh, pique the curiosity of uh, of those in power so skilled um, linguist and and a man of mystical powers yes yes and just super friendly yes yes <laughs> uh and ruby what brought you or why did section d reach out to you uh to to join the ranks well um as a trained nurse i mean every uh every um like secret outfit requires some sort of uh, put her together, put her back or together person. But it really came when uh, she was recovering in the hospital after uh, the, after um, the accident, right? Um, her will to live is so small at this moment, uh, coupled with her medical skills, um, thought it was very attractive to, um, you know, like gonna die scenarios. So they asked her and she said, yes. Very good. So, like I said, we're going to kick things off in Vienna in August of 1939. Vienna is currently under German control or occupation at this point. Uh, but like I said, there's no there's no war per se yet. It's just general unease in all of Europe as they watch Germany and this power grow with the Nazi party. Uh, I am using Sirenscape, so if you guys want to log into it and hear the sounds as we make our way across Vienna tonight, uh, then go ahead and do so. But otherwise, let's dive on in. All right. So, welcome to Vienna. It was a long journey, but at last you've arrived. According to Strang, your Section D superior and handler, you're to meet with your contact, Gisela Waltron. Here in Cafe, oh, here we go with the rough names, Gugelhumpf at Table 4, Strang warned you she's Abwar, which is German military intelligence. So watch your back. She's a spy. Find out what she's after, but tread carefully. The Nazis have eyes everywhere. Even their spies are being watched. Find out why she's approached Section D. 
and see what's happening in Vienna. So we're going to open up. You guys are in Vienna. You've made your way to the cafe, and you're sitting there waiting to meet your contact. Gisalia Waltron, a known German military intelligence spy. Bear with me as I get my sirenscape going. There should already be a cafe playing. So the cafe itself is uh, tucked away within the heart of Vienna. On a back street, kind of off the main drag. It is known for its excellent coffee and cake. There are quite a few people in here right now. There's a couple or a couple of gentlemen sitting by the window playing a game of chess. There's a young couple sitting there quietly sipping their coffees. There's people sitting reading newspapers uh, in this cafe currently. Men are, are typically wearing traditional alpine costumes. Despite the summer heat, uh, it is actually, as you've been in Vienna for a little while, it's actually, they're wearing it as a subtle rebellion against the occupying German forces that are currently here. And the plate glass windows have been removed on the cafe to allow the breeze to come on in. In this late August heat. Do we have um, an idea of what she looks like? Do we have like, do we, do we get any materials with like photos or ways to identify her? You were not. She was the one who set up the meeting. You were yeah. just told to, um, that your contact would meet you at table four. So you're currently sitting at table four, kind of watching reading the room maybe seeing if she's already there or possibly she's on her way uh, a waiter comes by and asks you if there's anything they can get you i would just like some water please and leo is leo is scanning the entire environment to see if there's anybody who's paying particularly close attention to the group sure you can make me an inside observation roll I love it. <laughs> Is that? Are you good at that? Uh, I'm not terrible at it. <laughs> so he writes down water for you. Uh, anything else for for anyone? Uh, tea, coffee. If if you would be if you'd be so kind, could you get? Uh, I would like a tea for myself, and if you could bring small uh, small teacup filled with milk for my friend, and he's got Gregor sitting on his lap. <laughs> he's kind of taken aback. He didn't see the marmot at first. He goes, you can't have that in here. You can't have that here. Why is that? Get that rodent. Is it's, that is not see clean. It's not sanitary. That rodent can't be in here. What, what do you talk? Uh, why would you say such hurtful things? He's, he's fine. We are paying customer. Everything will be fine. Everything very okay. Hurtful? That is a rodent. What is it doing in here? It's filthy. No, no. And so he will earmuff, he will earmuff <laughs> Gregor. So Gregor doesn't have to hear these things. No, 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 not not rodent. Just good friend. I, I saved uh, I saved Gregor from terrible, terrible, uh, you, you know, fate. Uh, it would be wrong of me to just leave him on the road. It's uh, you, you. Do you have pet? Do you have dog, cat? This is like dog, cat to me. Very important. So, I, I ask I ask forgiveness. Please, please, just let let me let me keep him here for a little while. He will not bother you. I promise. Do you want to make a uh, a reason 
persuasion roll with a difficulty of two to convince him to allow you to keep your rodent or your marmot, I'm sorry, in here? Uh, <laughs> sure. Uh, hang on. I'm trying to remember how to roll. Uh, you said persuasion yeah, with pers reason? Yeah, with reason. Okay. Difficulty of two. Can, can we help okay. him? Uh, no. <laughs> this is... Okay. Oh, hey, don't forget, you all have three fortune that you start off with again. Yeah. You have three fortune, I and I get five threat. Okay, okay. Let's go. That's just the one. I've only got the one. That's uh, a shame. Oh, he well. says, uh, you'll have to sit outside. If you want to keep that thing in here, I can't stay inside. You have to sit uh, at one of the tables outside. I tell you what, Pavel, you kind of need to be here. You, you, know, you talk the talk. I kind of... This isn't my scene. I can sit outside with Gregor. Oh, Jonathan, you are so sweet. You're such a sweet man. Thank you. And he, he picks up Gregor. He's like, <laughs> as he eyes wide, big smile. Because uh, I think they, I think, I mean, we know each other, I guess. Obviously, like this previous stuff didn't happen, but like, but we would still have been like. I'm going to say, like, you guys have point. been training or. Uh, yeah. With in section D with one another, so it's you. You would know each other. I, I I would think I would think at some point they play, they play together with like big cantaloupes or decapitated heads or something, and he will hand right. over to Sergeant. Let's go, go someday, to Jonathan. I'm gonna get you your own decapitated head. I promise, Gregor. It's gonna happen. <laughs> but today we just have to sit outside. And very happy, very happy, and we'll go. All right. Uh, so you scan the room, Leopold, and you catch on the corner of the eye, the, the two men playing chess over by the window, they keep kind of looking over at you, and, the, and you catch the glance, you lock eyes with one of them, and he quickly turns away and goes back to his game. But you get the feeling that um, that they're watching your table. Pavel, the two men there in the corner, they are, they are clearly watching us. I think they are watching because of spectacle that uh, this uh, this uh, this waiter just uh, initiated, or is it something? Nine, nine, nine. They are they are they are looking at us for purpose. I could perhaps peer into their mind, but they may be aware of my intrusion if I did so. I am sure you are. Oh man, I'm gonna start speaking in a German accent. <laughs> Ooh, careful, yeah. Uh, no, no, I'm sure you're capable. You, you, you be, uh, it would be good to see your uh, your skills in action here, Leo. Leo? Do we call you Leo? What is your problem? Yes, my, to my friends and family, I am Leo. Please, please, you all call me Leo. Yes, yes. Uh, we, we will keep a uh, careful watch to see if uh, there is anyone else that is, is bothering you. But I'm sure you're quite capable. It's, so... Leo will uh, cast telepathy on the one that he locked eyes with. Okay. And All I right. will spend I will spend one fortune point to get a critical success on one of the die. Wow. Ooh. So let's get ready to rumble telepathy. So that's uh, three successes then in total. Holy crap. All right, give yourself the momentum, because we have momentum now, based off that. And so what does this do? Tell me what's... So 
with telepathy, um, and since I didn't get two, the guy's going to know that something's going on. Because like, you, you need two momentum to make the person unaware that you're reading their mind. But with reading your mind, um, well, actually, it's a difficulty two opposed by the target's will and resilience. So they actually okay. gets a will and resilience roll. All right, let me quickly make that. Boo, boo, boo. Come on, open character sheet. Uh, will resilience? And it cost me nothing to cast it. My roll's public so that you uh, <laughs> believe me when I beat it? No. Right, so, so only I'm... one success. Uh, success reveals surface thoughts of the target, what they're thinking about at the exact moment. Momentum from this may be spent as per obtain information to delve deeper into the target's mind. So I get his surface thoughts, and then I will spend that one momentum that I generated to dig a little deeper and, and ask you a question based on what I find out from these. Okay, surface, surface thoughts. thoughts are, who are these strange people, and why do they have a rat on their lap? And these can't be the ones that are here to meet her. So uh, with the momentum spend, I'll dig a little deeper into the guy's mind and try to, f and, and who, who do they represent? They represent uh, local thugs. No affiliation to any parties or um, nations or anything like that. Not, not not Nazis or knocked wolf or any of that that good stuff. Pavel, uh, Ruby, they are definitely associated somehow with our contact. They do not cannot believe that we are the ones that are, were sent to meet with her, but they themselves are not affiliated with any party. They appear to be thugs or perhaps mercenaries. Interesting. So. What you're saying is we may need a diversion later, hey? This is a, this is a distinct possibility. So Ruby's Ruby's going to stand up and she's going to bend deeply and um, whisper into Leopold's ear. Give us give us the sign should you need us. Gives a kiss by the ear and uh, walks over to uh, Sergeant Morris. So you go you go outside. <laughs> or, I think Pavel's staying in, stayed inside, yeah. didn't he? Pavel yeah. was with oh, Pavel. Yes. Gregor, I apologize. I'm just... it's, it's, I, am, I am honored that you would confuse us. <laughs> <laughs> he, what, because he's so handsome, Gregor? <laughs> I just, I'm just appreciative that you treat Gregor as one of us, <laughs> not like some people. Sure. As, as you're getting up and you're walking to the door to go outside, a woman dressed head to toe in black, with her face partially obscured, uh, by netting coming down from a hat that she's wearing kind of pushes her way past you and is laser focused on table number four and approaches and sits down with Pavel and Leopold now, the only two there. And she calls over the waiter and says, uh, I'll have a coffee and a piece of cake. And she turns to the two of you and says, Good day, I'm Giselia. You are... The ones they sent? Yes, Fraulein. We are the ones that they have been sent to speak with you. Just the two of you? Nein. 
Uh, associates are at front at the table, watching the cafe and the moment. Hmm. Your accent, you're German? Yes, I am a German expat. We have left Germany, my family and I, uh, due to the rise in current political affiliations, you may say. It's understandable, she says. I serve the German state. I am loyal to it, but not to the Nazi party. This is good to hear. Uh, but I, and I apologize. Where are my manners? I am Leopold Brun, and this is my associate, Pavel. She just holds Pavel, out her hand Pavel to the two Volacek. of you. Yes, yes. Pleasure to meet you, Pavel. She says, I, I can't quite place your accent. Where are you from? Oh, I am from here, there, everywhere. But originally, I grew up within the Carpathian Mountains, and I consider ah, that home. Ah, very good, very good. The waiter comes over, brings her a coffee and cake, and she starts eating it. And she just is kind of like studying the two of you and just asking general questions. So, so what, when did you arrive? When did you, when did you get to Vienna? We have only just arrived very recently from our travels. And you, man, and you, Fraulein? Are you local to the city? I am not. I am from Germany, but sad events, the ones that I reached out to the two of you about, are what brought me here. Oh. Go ahead. Both of you make me an insight observation roll with a difficulty of one. That's two successes. Success. Give, Pavel. give yourself the momentum there. Got it. Uh, you can tell, like, as she, like, takes a piece of cake on a fork and puts it in her mouth, the, the, the veil kind of lifts up, and you can see that her eyes are very red. And she's wearing black, right? And she's wearing black head to toe. It almost looks like she's been crying. Yeah. So I, I, I think Pavel probably would have... I, I, I don't mean to pry, but uh, have, are, are you in mourning, Fraulein? She takes a big sigh. She goes, that's, that's why I reached out to the two of you. She kind of looks around as she says that. She's being very coy in the way she's kind of talking to you and very beating around the bush. Um, it involves my fiancé, uh, Dr. Botho Ehrlichman. Uh, he, 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 he came here recently from Germany and, um, she gets a little choked up. He, he had an unfortunate accident and he, um, he died of exposure not too long ago. So I'm here to get his belongings and get everything in order, uh, for his funeral. And he is, he's the reason I reached out to you. Roland Voltron, before we go too much farther, are you aware of the two men in the corner there? Do you know them? Because they are very interested in you and us. She leans in towards you and she goes, I know there are eyes and ears everywhere. And she Thanks. leans back and takes a deep sip of coffee. Then what is it that we can do for you, Fraulein? Perhaps, perhaps this, 
Maybe this was a mistake, she says, and she she raises her hand. Can I have my my the, the check, please? My bill? No, 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 man. No, no. Our, our deepest condolences for your loss. Uh, we we are we are just uh, we are here to to offer our assistance. You, you do not think that we are not uh, uh, what is the word? Uh, the, uh, capable people. We 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 are more than happy to to assist you. You you said you 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 called us about your um. Your fiance, you said that uh, it died of exposure. Do you believe this to be a suspicious accident, or is 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 more of his work that which led you to contact us? She starts standing up and she gets her hammock. She goes, "No, no, no, no! This was a mistake. This wasn't a, this was a mistake. I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have reached out." Um, I apologize. I apologize for taking up your time. Rohan, we are the only ones who can solve this problem for you. You knew that. That is why you contacted our section. Both of you go ahead and make me an insight observation test with uh, one difficulty. I got one. Both of you are kind of like, you're watching her, two. you're watching her body language. You've learned a lot from section D. Uh, and this appears to be like a delaying or stalling tactic. Like she's kind of putting on a little bit of a show, especially after Leopold, you mentioned that the men were watching. So she, she stands up. She goes, no, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry to have wasted your time. And she puts down the money to pay for the coffee and the cake that she had. And you notice that there's a piece of paper sticking out between the bills as she gets up and walks out. It's a good day. I, again, I apologize to take up any, any of your time. And she walks out of the cafe. Avidas in, Fraulein. Juice. You're saying juice? Juice. It's an informal goodbye greeting oh. term. I don't know if it's if it's the right time or not, but like, yeah, it's informal. Okay. Yeah, and she gets up and she leaves. So Jonathan and Ruby and Gregor, you see her leave the cafe. She doesn't look at the three of you. She just gets out in that little... Side street that this cafe's on is walks away into the warm summer day. Leo palms the note, pushes mm -hmm. it over to Pavel. When she gets up and walks out too, the two men kind of like nudge each other. You look over at them and one of them gets up, puts on his cap and walks out of the restaurant as well. Um, can you said that the windows were knocked out? Yeah. Can we they... see... Can we see like Sergeant Morris and uh, and Ruby? Oh yeah, you can look over and they wave at you. I don't know, <laughs> they're, they're right there. So so Pavel will will look over at Sergeant Morris and, and Ruby, and as the other as the woman leaves, and as it looks like one there's there's a man who's following her now. Um, he'll just make a very subtle motion, just you know, he'll twirl on his beautiful mustache or something. And I'll I'll, I'll lean over and say, so. Mr. Morris, do you fancy a stroll? I guess. I'm not sure if the mustache twirl is that. Is that take him out? Come on. Come, come on. All right. Let's go. Okay. So, Gregor, remember, all, the, all your strength is in the hips. You got to twist. <laughs> you guys, as you stand to walk out, you start to feel... A presence in your mind and Ooh. Harry uh, I mean uh, Leo telepathically links all of us so as long as we stay within medium range band we can communicate telepathically with one another for five hours 
It's not like an open channel, is it? Because that's going to be terrifying. No, 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 no. No, it's just a, it's like a talk. It's like a talk. You don't know how Noah goes and bobbles it. No, no, we don't. So yeah, I'll I'll uh, I'll drag Sergeant Morris to to his feet, and uh, we'll put uh, we'll put Gregor down on the ground, and we'll you know saunter um, after um, the people. Yeah. So a single target, big burly man, kind of pushes his way past, and he starts walking down the street in the same direction as uh, as your contact. Leo telepathically reaches out to Pavel. And- Pavel, should we be following at a discreet distance to make sure that uh, no additional trouble befalls them? My, yes, the course. range of my powers are, is fairly limited. Of course, uh, yes, yes, we should, we should follow. Did both of the men get up to leave, or just the one? Just one of them. And one is still here, keeping eye on us. Yes. What does the note say? Yes, I was I was going to look at this. And so, uh, yeah, Pavel will take a look. Sure, so there's a note, handwritten note. It says, meet me where young lovers like to stroll and families to picnic. Beneath the shadow of the wheel, tonight at dusk. Don't delay. There isn't much time. I don't know who may be watching. It appears that we are going to the park. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, you don't even need to roll for this. It's a difficult, easier roll. But there is a park um, known as uh, Prater, the Prater. Here, it's an enormous uh, area park found in Vienna. And within this park is a massive, giant Ferris wheel. So you can deduce that this is what the note refers to. It is a Viennese custom to stroll through the Prater in evening after dinner. So it is quite a busy, hustling, bustling place every evening, especially on a nice, warm summer night like tonight is expected to be. But right now it is the middle of the afternoon and you have eyes on people and people have eyes on you. So, Ruby, Jonathan, you're going to get up and start following this one, uh, this Mm -hmm. one gentleman. Jonathan awkwardly tries to reply to the nudging presence <laughs> in his brain. All right. Strange voice in my head. Uh, so you, you're saying... Don't talk to it out loud. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know how to do this without moving my lips. It's weird to me. Maybe you're used to this. I've got this. I've got this. Um, so be Leopold, we're gonna we're gonna follow um, this gentleman. If we run into any sort of issues, then we'll send Gregor back for help. We will, my 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 dear friend Ruby, we will be following behind you at a discreet distance as well, so that I can keep us all in the range. Uh, that is good. It, I may suggest to leave Sergeant Morris out of the conversation. I feel like he needs more practice. Come on, uh, Sergeant Morris will be fine. Shh. You you can hear me, can you not, Sergeant Morse, in your mind? Mm-hmm. I am up with you now. We are one now. Our minds are linked. Though I could not add Gregor, I will have to work on my animal telepathy. <laughs> oh, that would be that oh that would be just fabulous. Like I took he has a very he's got a poetic mind, I can tell you. We we speak in poetry at night. So I would love for you all to hear we are getting well off topic. We should focus. <laughs> yes, yes, we should focus. 
Uh, when so if Leo and I start to leave uh, mm -hmm. after presumably the first two groups, the first two, you know, like yep. the woman and then and then the guy following her and then Morris and, and Ruby, do we get followed? Yeah, let's turn that down as we go on. Change our sounds to that of busy streets. Um, you you don't even need to make an observation. You just kind of look over, and um, you do not get followed. The other gentleman who's sit sitting there at the chess board uh, continues to sip his coffee and kind of watch you as you leave. Like you look over your shoulder and you can see him watching you, but he does not get up. It's good to know. That is good to know. At least we are not being followed. How? What is the distance on this wonderful ability? Mechanically speaking, it is the medium range. Whatever, whatever <laughs> oh. that bandwidth is within the city, I would think perhaps a few hundred yards. If you figure an assault rifle's optimum range is medium, and that is uh, basically a 300 meter shot, then I'm I would convinced. say somewhere in the vicinity of two to 300 meters. So, <laughs> you get up. So, the Jonathan and Ruby, you start tailing this guy. Mm -hmm. what, what's your approach? What do you want to do? Like, you want to keep eyes on him, but you want to kind of blend in. This the small street right. is lined with, like, cafes, restaurants, uh, stores. There's uh, flats, apartment buildings here. So, yeah. there's quite a lot of foot traffic going on in this, this little street at the moment. I think... This isn't the place where you do like traditional sneaking. It's more about changing your profile. Collar up, collar down, jacket on, jacket off, hat on, hat off. Just little things like that, really, just so that when somebody looks back, the outline is different and it's not so obvious you're following them. Mm -hmm. Now, if only we had somebody in the party that had urban stealth. I know, it's crazy. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Poor I, happen to have, I happen to have Gregor's character sheet up right now. <laughs> And does he does he, not have it. Would so. this be considered <laughs> urban stealth? Yes, Evan. This would finally have an urban stealth situation. Nice. Okay. So, yeah. So, if you guys want, you want to kind of blend into your surroundings, it would be a stealth roll. If you have urban stealth, even better. If you don't, it would just be a general stealth and um, coordination. Okay. Two is the normal. If you want to not get noticed as you keep up with the, try to keep up with this guy. Oh, God. Woo! Two successes. All I was going to say is you need one success. So give yourself some momentum. Sweet. Uh, should sure. I just give him threat or do we want to give him a complication right off the bat? Oh. I feel like that's oh. too much. Wow. That happened already. Yes. I feel like that's too much. Um, I don't know. Or, I don't know. Com complications are fun. <laughs> I think it's fun. I, fun. Think, I, I think I'm the one who always causes the complications, too. So I'm going to continue the tradition. So, obviously, I say I talk a good talk about changing my profile, but me being the extremely intelligent man I am, I'm wearing my freaking shield <laughs> on my back. <laughs> so I'm all like, I'm going to change my profile. I'm going to put a hat on, hat off. Oh, damn, I'm wearing my shield. <laughs> Screw it. I don't even care anymore. Okay, so I'm going to say you're watching. You got your shield on. You're, you're really standing out. People are looking at you. You're kind of making a little bit of a scene because it is very unusual 1931 for somebody wearing a shield on their back walking down the streets of Vienna. Uh, so you kind of get caught up on this in this as people are kind of pointing and talking to you and they're kind of like, 
questioning. People are, are like coming up and they're speaking language you don't understand, and they're kind of zoom type. As you do so, you lose track of your target. The two of you make or Ruby, you also kind of get caught up in this little this little scene and this crowd that starts gathering around the two of you. Shit. Um, 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 and all of a sudden I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to scream just the loudest, most obnoxious scream, um, that, uh, Ruby, Ruby can muster. And, um, I'm, I'm just going to be like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, it's happening, it's happening. And then, um, uh, to the crowd that's happening, he's like, do you, do you know who this is? Do you know who, the, who, who we have the pleasure of standing next to? He's uh, an, an American cinema. Uh, um, uh, oh, please no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, um, yeah, is it is it possible? Like, do, do Gregor and I have this relationship uh, strong enough? To send him on the like to, to see if he can figure out where, I guess not. Hey, I don't know. What do you? What Rengar do you? Rengar is like superhuman creature. Like he's he's very he's, a, he's very empath empathetic. First of his class. With yes, the complication, yeah. No, it's, you're just kind of making matters worse with this. Now this you screaming and you're getting even more attention. More people are coming over and you can hear people shouting. I'm gonna say, uh, Pavel, you're in the area. You understand. Uh, the local language. People are ca calling for police to come over here. Oh, this is not good. If uh, if we can, uh, if we're still in tele telepath range, yeah. uh, well, uh, uh, they are trying to call law enforcement on you to whatever you're doing. It's not working. I can't believe I have to say this, but you're supposed to, you know, keep low profile. I mean. Go ahead. I'm not. I'm not a low-profile guy. <laughs> okay, just just like run and hide somewhere. <laughs> just run away. But it is okay. Like, uh, Matt, where are we? So you said we're. You're down. like in the middle of this little side street uh, in the heart of Vienna. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna grab um I'm gonna grab Sergeant Morris's hand and we're gonna run into a cafe. Okay, so, you run into a cafe. Uh, I'm gonna say there's there's a, a crowd of people, especially a man who's like who stood there and he put his hand on Morris's shoulder and he's kind of like touching the shield and asking you questions that you don't understand. Uh, he goes in with you and he stands in the door and he's he's shouting for police. Uh, and so, as long as this isn't a Starbucks, I think we'll end up okay. <laughs> it's not a Starbucks. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> Megan. <laughs> I'll just assume he's trying to shake my hand and I'll try to be friendly and I'll grab his hand and shake it back and smile. And it's a horrible smile. He looks Hideous kind of like even. confused and shocked at this. And he looks down at your, the two hands shaking. And he looks at you with a, a puzzled look on his face and he pulls away his hand. Can we, can we try to keep going? Can we try to keep going through the back of the kitchens and out the back door? You could. You, there's nothing stopping you. You could walk right through the kitchen, through the back door. But people are shouting now. More are joining in, calling for police. Somebody get the police. Yep, we're we're gonna run. All right, you're just gonna uh, go into an alley and run. Yep. Can so once they run, I mean, are we close enough to see them go into the into the cafe? Yeah. Well, you see the okay. crowd. You see the crowd that's gathered. The mob that is gathered. You heard uh, you heard Ruby scream. So. 
so can Pavel uh, on the streets uh, kind of point to a different intersection, uh, like a, like a way, and be like, "Oh, there's another one over there, right there. Oh, he went down that street." Trying to distract at least part of the crowd to go in a different uh, direction. Yes, uh, persuasion. Reason, persuasion. Right? It's totally invocation. <laughs> Re reason, persuasion. We're gonna say, uh, if you have, you could charm, you could deceive, deceive. If you have specialties in any of those, and it's gonna be a difficulty of two, because the two of them oh. will cause quite a scene. <laughs> oh goodness, this is bad. Uh, you do have momentum. You've got four momentum, and we're, we're gonna change scenes here right away. So you might want to spend burns. some before we change scenes and we lose one. I'll burn one, yes, to get extra die and roll. Oh! So you start shouting. What do you start shouting? What do you do? I say, oh my god, another American man with big shield, big strange <laughs> scary man down street there. Go chase down that one. Oh, yes. All right, so a, a, a good portion of the crowd break off from that cafe that they ran into the back of, and they start pointing and running down there. They look at you. Where do you go? What did he look like? They ask. They shout back to you. Very, very tall, big face. Oh, a brow like Neanderthal. That way, that way. Quick, there's another one. Let's get him. Yes. <laughs> they run off go in that inside. direction. A good, go a good, inside. a good portion of the mob. Um, and it, it starts to basically dissipate, but you, you can't see or know what's going on with the ones that have pursued Ruby and uh, Jonathan into the cafe. Uh, what do you think that we should do at this point? I can't simply let them go, or we can try to follow as part of this crowd? Yes, I think we could follow them at least. We don't need to, uh, we have seem to have lost the initial quarry. So we should we should probably stay close in case more complications occur. He is big sweet bear, but boy, he just makes some just big dumb dumb mistakes. <laughs> yes, I I was surprised at the amount of noise that we are making on our first day, but I agree, we shall follow them. Yes, he's he's not the most professional, but you know that we will work on it with him. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll follow. We'll follow. Yeah, I was gonna say you guys all have yeah. you all you're still all staying at a at a hotel here. So if you want to kind of like reconvene and meet back up at the hotel, you know, because it is the the middle of the day and you have hours to kill, uh, and then go to uh, the park from there in the evening. That's fine. So Leo, yeah, Leo would telepathically tell Sergeant Morris and Ruby before they get out of range to lose the crowd and meet us back at the hotel. Very good. I'm going to say with some twisting and turning through back alleys of Vienna and ducking into other buildings, you are able to eventually avoid uh, the mob and the police that are on the streets looking for a large American with a shield and a, and a who they assume is an American woman. You're both speaking English and not with British accents. They both assumed you were American. Despite you being Canadian. Sorry, Ruby. <laughs> oh no, it's it's we're all new at this. It's I overreacted. I I shrieked like a banshee. It's all good. Um, to be fair, I'm not new at this. I'm just well, then you're shit. And yes, I take your apology. <laughs> okay, it hurts. 
<laughs> and I'm okay with that. <laughs> Your shit. So we make it back to the... the yeah, hotel. you guys regroup at the hotel. Is there anything you want to do to prepare or get ready for that evening where you're going to go meet Gisalia again and hopefully get some more details? Perhaps we could find uh, more... Uh, is the possible suitcase we could put shield within to keep it uh, you know hidden from sight I mean yeah but okay fine that makes sense or a large trench coat I don't know it's true nothing suspicious about a big man in a trench coat I'm in especially in the summertime in Vienna <laughs> So, so we spoke with this the uh, Fraulein with the uh, Fraulein Waltro, Waltro, Waltro. Uh, Anyhow, yes. I, trying to pronounce it while doing Pavel voice and trying to convince myself not to go into German is very difficult. <laughs> Waltrum, W A L T R U M. First name is Gisalia. She has um she has directed us to meet with her at park. Uh, she has uh, the fiance who has. Uh, died under strange circumstances uh, an accidental ex exposure death and uh, she did not want to go into too much detail but uh, hopefully the uh, the figure that was following her has not caused uh, will not cause her any problems and we could get more of story later we have no understanding of why section d is interested in this woman's fiance but Clearly, there must be more to the story. Yes. Accidental exposure during summertime is peculiar to me. So Indeed. Do I tell you? When I was at school, there were uh, twins. One of them could create a fire, and one of them could draw the energy out and create ice. Perhaps it is a... Well, I would say a psychic uh, ability, but perhaps uh, uh, even your your you know heathenistic uh, magic of some sort. The elements are quite powerful in the naturalism, so it is possible, but very very possible. It is hard to say without more information now. But we should be on guard. Uh, she was being followed, and if we. Uh, if we are to assume they are watching us, they might also be watching her. And she has valuable information as a German national. Uh, if they, if the powers that be see her speaking to us and they know who we are, then she could be in quite significant danger. This is true. Leo has no preparations to make, so he just kind of sits back in a chair and closes his eyes, tips his newsboy hat over his face for a couple of hours and gets some mental rest. Sure. Pavel will play with Gregor using giant log so he can concentrate and make sure spells are, are ready and able. Just gonna pace and curse at myself for a couple of hours. <laughs> okay. Um <laughs> Ruby's gonna go shopping. After uh, Ruby told you your shit? Pretty much. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. Uh, Ruby, you go shopping? Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna go shopping. Um, yeah. Like, especially for, like, a prem. Like, do we, like, for, like, a, 
uh, stroller, for lack of a better word. Mm, okay. <laughs> okay. Ah, I awesome. see where you're going. I see where you're going. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So yeah, you're you you go down to the the lobby of the hotel and you ask where you could find a store nearby that would sell a stroller or pram, and they direct you to said store. Yeah. Excellent. So I'll I'll uh, I'll go and purchase it. I'll purchase it with um so a couple of uh, season appropriate blankets. Yeah. And uh, really, yeah, like a anything that uh, at the time would seem reasonable to have with the stroller. Yeah. And it's, it's safe to say that Section D would have given you a budget, so you definitely have money to buy things like this. It's not overly expensive or hard to come by. So, yeah, you're able to acquire all of these things um, quite easily. I'll, when we get back to the, the hotel, I'll knock on uh, Sergeant Morris's door and uh, say, I, I, I bought, I bought your, your shield, your baby, a little, uh, a little vehicle for this evening's stroll. I mean, fine. I suppose I can't look any more stupid than I did earlier. Why not? I'm sorry. It was, I was, I was. No, in. it was true. I was shit. That was really stupid. I almost, I could have sabotaged the whole mission. Like, congratulations. I'm alone from the States. We look like a bunch of assholes already. <laughs> <laughs> well, may, may this, may this prime be the first of many apologies I'm sure my mouth will make through the course no, of No, you don't, I need to apologize. You don't need to apologize. Just, just take, take the stroller. I will, I will. And then we'll make a funny story because later I'm going to like punch somebody in the face with a baby. <laughs> right? It's going to be great. It absolutely is. And I'll smile at you and we'll, this whole funny business about being stupid. Fair enough. Today was the day I punched somebody with a baby, and it was amazing. Right? Okay. Absolutely. I can turn this around in my head. I'm okay. Okay. So I'll I'll uh, I'll dress it up. We'll use the blankets and stuff to uh, cover it up and put a blanket over the top. Because <laughs> uh, you know, it's not it at, at the time it was believed that um, too much wind in a baby's face was awful. So um, mm. this is just a way to help. Um, I don't know, preserve our child. You could also dress up Gregor mm -hmm. like a baby and put him in there. <gasps> yes. <laughs> no, I'm not dressing him up. No, 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 no. I'll dress him up. That's great. Depends <laughs> what you'll dress him in. I've done this before. He likes formal wear, but anything that, you know, feels like beneath him, then he won't very much like it. No. But I gave him bow tie once in highball. He was very, very happy. All right, who wants to play with the shield, huh? Who wants to, huh? Who wants to cuddle with the shield? You do. I'm gonna leave. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fast forward. It's the <laughs> The group of you are heading to the park to meet with Gisalia. <laughs> you have to pram. I don't know if Breaker's in it or not. There's a shield in it though, I'm assuming. Is that accurate? The shield is in yes. the stroller. Mm -hmm. mm. Uh, let's change up these sounds here as we <laughs> set the scene. So that's good thinking, by the way. I really mm -hmm. like that. But, hey, you know what? Give yourself a fortune. Ooh, yeah. Give yourself a fortune, Megan. All right. 
set the scene here. There we go. All right, so it is a beautiful August evening in Vienna, and it seems almost as if the entire population of Vienna has decided to go for a stroll on this pleasant evening. Music from various bands performing in the Prater compete with the sound of steam organs and barkers from the fairground. You make your way towards the big Ferris wheel. You can't miss it. It's all illuminated, lit up. You can see it from anywhere and everywhere here in the park. You see gondolas swinging gently every time the wheel stops to let people on and off. And as you get closer, you see Gisalia waiting at the foot of the wheel. She's changed. She's not wearing all black and her face covered, but she looks even more glamorous than previous. And she's just standing there waiting for contact with the group. But she does not approach you. Are there any signs of the thug or any others that seem to be watching? I know there are many people, but do we see the specifically the men who followed her or maybe somebody else like before keeping yeah. too close an eye on her? Yeah, you can uh, make me an observation roll. Uh, an inside observation roll. Anybody can. Difficulty of one. As you kind of scan the crowd here and look around, yes. see if you can see any familiar faces. I'm taking one of your momentum away because we've changed scenes now. I've just got two successes, so I'll take them. Give yourself a momentum back. You scan the crowd in the area, Leopold. Well, so do you, Pavel. You're unable to see anyone or determine anything. Uh, Jonathan, also, the two of you kind of like in tandem start looking around, and you don't see anybody per se that is familiar or watching you directly, but there are eyes everywhere. Like, it is a packed park. There are people everywhere. They're bumping into you, pushing past you. There's children running by and kind of going between your legs. And couples are walking around. And yeah, it's it's a, a hive of activity right now. But with your roles, you kind of also tell like Gisalia's looking over at the group of you. And she seems reluctant as the four of you are just kind of standing there. And Leo will begin to approach her. Okay. Since he's German, she's German. Yeah. So you start to approach her, and all of a sudden she locks eyes with you, and you see a big smile appear on her face. And she comes running over to you, and she links her arm with yours. She goes, Leopold, I thought you'd never arrive. Let's let's get out of here. Who are those strange people you came here with? Let's let's get away from them and go find somewhere we can talk. But the but of course, Fraulein. The evening is grand. Let us uh, explore Vienna. She takes you and starts leading you into a out of the park in a nearby street that is lined with people everywhere. As, as soon as she made the intent to split us up, I'm going to try to link our minds again. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. Not, not with her. No, no, no. With, with the others. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Go ahead. Do your role, your telepathy. She is a she is a German spy. This is a fact. You were told this yep. going in, so I, I understand your intentions here. Let me. I'm gonna double check the number of successes I need for that. Telepathy's on page one fifty three. Yep, I, I got it. Now, since my truth 
is insightful telepath can i reduce that difficulty by one to link up with my friends mm, mm, insightful telepath i'll give it to you this time i'll give okay. it to you thank god because otherwise it wasn't gonna happen so all right so we link up and then leo, leo says uh my friends i have made contact with her and she intends to lead the just the two of us away in the park try to follow at a discreet distance and stay within Close enough range to hear my thoughts. Oh, what could go wrong? But by all means, try to act very much more discreet than we were acting this afternoon. Okay, fine. Bubblegum and Taffy, my child here, I'm happy. Bubble buys very big. Uh pretzel of some kind by <laughs> schnitzel by on a stick schnitzel and uh well not schnitzel like i mean he would not he's not much of a meat eater per se but he would eat it he would eat the bread and he will think one day of the power of bread and baked goods and so he will carry with him this large pretzel as he goes uh, wandering in the direction of leo at a discreet distance eating the bread Okay. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll fuss with the uh, shield um, to make sure, you know, like, checking to make sure it's okay. And... Sure, yeah, you look, you raise the yep. front and you look in and, yeah, it looks like you're tending to a child as far as onlookers are concerned. Yep. Leo will uh, lower his head towards um, uh, Frauheim, Waltram, and whisper to her. Uh, to almost appear as if you know they're having some sort of intimate conversation. Yeah, we are here to assist you, Fraulein. She, yeah, she leans back, uh, playing into this, and she goes, "We need to go somewhere where there are many eyes and loud sounds, and we can talk more freely." It was too quiet at the cafe earlier. I understand. Where do you have a location in mind? She tightens her link on your arm and points to a nearby cafe. And inside, you can see there's a a, a live band playing. It's full of people. There, there's even people dancing within there. It's noisy. She goes there. Perfect. And she grabs you and she starts leading the way towards this cafe. So telepathically, Leo says, "We are going into the very loud cafe with the music and the dancing. Try to reconnoiter the location." And keep your thoughts open in the event that this is some sort of ambush. Pavel will uh, look for other entrances into this cafe. Either side entrance into alley, back entrance, that sort of thing. And convey them when he discovers them so that sure. Leo inside is aware of There's... alternative modes of egress. Gotcha. There's people everywhere. You don't really need to worry about like blending in or blending in the shadows. There's just like it, like, it, it seems like the whole city's come out tonight and is enjoying this this weather uh, and this nice warm evening. So you kind of you go down uh, an adjoining alley, and there is a side entrance into the back of this cafe, which you assume would lead into the kitchen. Well, think fast towards everybody. We'll take up a position, actually, back here, just in case. And call if you need me to come inside. Yes, Pavel Ivan. 
I will keep you informed on what I am hearing from within the cafe. Okay, so she takes you in there, and the two of you sit down, and she orders a coffee for the, each of you. And as you're sitting there waiting for your coffees, she just grabs your arm and yanks you up and says, "Let's let's dance," and takes you to the floor to start dancing amongst the other people. <laughs> but of course, Fraulein. <laughs> And Leo's terrified because his coordination is crap. He cannot <laughs> dance to save his life. It's probably his greatest fear. But he does his best because, yeah, he's a professional. <laughs> well, there are there are no eyes on you whatsoever. And she uses this as the opportunity. She gets in close and she starts filling you in on on the details. She says he's he mm -hmm. telepathically just relaying this, con you know, as it's going on so that everybody's aware of it at the same time. So she says, "My, I told you about my fiancé, Botho Ehrlichman. He fled Germany to come here to do some research, something he was working on. And like you said, I, I fear that he did not meet his demise by an unfortunate accident, but that he was murdered. And that is why I've contacted you, and I would like you to look into it. And this isn't just a, a, a regular murder case. He was working on... I don't know the details, but he was working on something big. Something that would gain the attention of the Reich. Uh, along the paths of the occult. He, he didn't tell me much. He, he, he shielded me. But he sent me a letter, and it was very cryptic, and he sent me some other information, and that's all I could determine. But I don't want this to fall into the hands of the Reich, or that of the Noctwolf, or even worse, Black Sun. All of these agencies are terrifying. That is why I left Germany myself. I would ask you, do you have the messages that he sent you? Those, uh, the ones that you said were difficult to understand. She says, uh, good time, a good time. For now, we dance. And she grabs you and starts <laughs> dancing across the floor. <laughs> Leo is crying on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> swaying to the, the music thinking what a lucky duck <laughs> uh, so as you continue dancing and as you're dancing she gives you some more information she kind of goes in and out of it because she seems to be having a good time like she's forgotten about her fiance dying and this is kind of like her first like release she's had since then this was only a couple days but she tells you that um, that her fiance uh, had been summoned to attend several meetings with uh, so-called academic researchers regarding the nature of his work on the DOG archives. DOG is the Deutsch Orient Geschlaft, uh, which is a German archaeological society dedicated to the study of the East. I'm going to say you're, you're aware of this. Section D would have filled you in on this. So he was working in conjunction with the DOG. Uh, and uh, he had shared that... He felt the archaeologists had become deeply suspicious as to who he was talking to and what he was planning on doing with his research. And that's when he fled to Vienna. And she mentions that he hid all of his research. I don't know where it is. I don't know what's become of it. But he feared it getting into the wrong hands. Especially that of the Nachtwolf. Yes, they 
They are the ones who took over the school that I learned my talents in. They are... They are a true evil in the world that has been spawned upon us. She... Yeah. Yeah. And she dances and she seems to get lost in the evening and has a good time. Dances with you for quite some time. You have some coffee or tea and such. And then she says, I must go. Um, there are eyes everywhere and ears everywhere. Be careful who what you say who you speak to and what you do in public because we are being watched at all times. Would you have any um, any idea where he has hidden his research from? Perhaps I can assist you. And as she does that, she stands up at the table and she goes and reaches for a handbag but as she does so, she knocks it over and its contents spill all over the table. And she goes, oh! So clumsy! And she starts gathering the belongings and putting it back in her purse, but two pieces of paper that have fallen out, she shoves discreetly in her direction and takes the rest of the belongings, puts her in her purse. She goes, I, I must be going. It's getting late. I, um, I'll be watching and I'll be in contact. And she grabs her handbag and just kind of ushers herself out of this cafe, leaving you there by yourself at the table with these so two pieces of paper. Leo picks up the two pieces of paper and, and heads to the, to the bathroom. And he goes into one of the stalls, and then he reads both of the pieces of paper and telepathically transmits the information to the rest of the team so that we're all aware of what uh, what what is on the paper. Yeah, there are two scraps of paper. Let me share them here with you in-game. A couple more handouts. Bow. All right, so the first one appears to be torn out of a book. The, the left edge of it is all torn, and it's been ripped out of a book, it appears. But it uh, is the only page uh, between the two notes that has the same coloration of the paper and this and that. So the other, the other piece of paper does not belong to this. And it says, It has long been my intention to investigate further the stories told to me by my mentor, Dr. Bergdorf. Regarding the discoveries made in Says before the Great War, and now with the burgeoning interest in our German Germanic history and inheritance, I feel this is the perfect time to embark upon this journey, wherever it may take me. But each journey begins with a small step, and I must first locate the DOG archives and retrieve the notes he made on the Black Stone and its strange tales of the descendants of a lost civilization. Perhaps these stories were the mismemberings of an old man. But as a scholar, I feel that I cannot ignore what could be a very important lead in the quest to discover the truth behind the Aryan heritage. The boxes should be in... And it, that's the end of that page. The other piece of paper... Is a note. It says, My dearest G... Please, first, let me apologize for learning or leaving so abruptly. You must understand that if the circumstances were any different, I would never have left or felt the need to do so. If I have hurt your feelings, please forgive me. That was never my intention. These last few weeks have proven to be the most difficult of my career. The triumph of deciphering the archive has been tempered by the seemingly endless strange meetings I have had to endure as a result. These have prompted me to set my affairs in order, and I have gone home to think on my future. Should anything happen to me, know that I love you. Your devoted B. So you know that her fiancé's name was Dr. Botho Erklin Mann, and her name is Gisalia, my dearest G. You can 
determined this was a note that he wrote to her before his disappearance. His untimely disappearance. Um, go ahead there, Leopold, and make me either a insight tactics or insight observation smell uh, when you're reading the second note, the handwritten note. Whichever's better, and you only need one success. And go ahead and feel free to use some momentum if you need. I will. I will take a momentum. Turn down this carnival music a bit. Woo! Two, two successes. successes. Give yourself momentum. All you need is one. With the what did you do? Insight observation. You get yes. this faint smell of lemon juice off this paper, and you kind of feel around, and it seems like the the back of it uh, is kind of raised and bumpy, like like it's been dampened by something and allowed to dry. Ah, uh, yes. A secret message has been encoded on this. And so I think that to everyone, and I pocket the two notes and say, I think, I think, my friends, we should withdraw and investigate this letter a little, you know, slightly more discreet location, perhaps a hotel room. I don't get to punch somebody with a baby today. <laughs> Not tonight! Well, the night's still young. Never mind. Night is young, I guess. There is drunken man in alleyway giving me stink eye. You could punch him. No, I mean, I appreciate it. That your heart is in the right place, but it's probably for the best if I don't. I have Hello. no... I have no precognitive talents like my mother, Sergeant Morris, but there is always a chance that we will be jumped by the men who are following us or following the Fraulheims from the cafe. I like you. Class half full kind of guy. You must always find the positive in every situation. That's right. We could get attacked. Things could get better. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Jonathan, if... if... If we do not get attacked tonight and we go to bed, you can punch me in the face because you took care, good care of Gregor today. So I will let you punch me in the face with shield before sleep. No. I could, I could take it. I'm very tough and courageous. I wouldn't test it. I, <laughs> <laughs> I have stared down the faces of, like, you know, the mythos of Elder and stuff. I think I could take shield from Jonathan. We'll just take your word on that. Oh, no, no, that's fine. No, that's okay. Okay, we're just trying to be friendly. I know, I appreciate it. That's why I'm not going to do it. Okay. We'll see. All right. Back to the hotel to try and decipher the secret note found within. Yes. Yes, indeed. Okay. Keep the carnival music going as we go back to the hotel. Just because I like the pipe organ. Uh, with your two successes, I'll give you this. You know that uh, by gently heating or using uh, like a flame or even like holding it to a light bulb. Because, you know, before light bulbs became low energy, they were got really, really hot. You could hold it to a light bulb. And that would um, uncover the message hidden within. My friends, if we heat up this message against the light, we will see what the actual, what the, what uh, Mr. Baffle is actually trying to tell us. Uh, 
Earthman was very. Not, this is not my area of expertise, but if I can assist in any way, would you say so? Erklemann was a very cautious man. I uh, I approve of this. Cut, this we're going to uh, cut back to the hotel. You're in the hotel. Okay. The name, uh, the name, the mentor's name, Herr Doctor Bertor. Is this a name that we would be familiar with in any way? Uh, it is not. And Section D did, did not have any information on him either. They're kind of in the dark about this whole situation. They just were more interested in a German spy reaching out for help. And, like, Blackstone? Would that be something? Black Sun? Oh, Blackstone. Yeah, Blackstone. Yes. Again, you're gonna have to get to the bottom of this. Yeah, you're, you're not quite sure. Blackstone in capital letters in this letter. Yes, or in this uh, page from the book. Uh, but like I said, you do know the DOG is a uh, German archaeological society dedicated to the study of the East. Deutsch Orient Gelschlacht. Uh, so let's heat this damn thing up and see which, uh, what it uncovers. Indeed. What do we have on this letter? So, it uncovers a secret message. Uh, so heating it up, you reveal an image. It appears like a creature, kind of like a, on, like leaning on a book. And there's a message written there. It says, look to the Mexican apothecary's bookshop. There lies the key to unlock the gates of history. This is very interesting. The Mexican Apothecary's Bookshop. Uh, is anyone familiar with this location? I'm aware of the... Uh, there are numerous bookshops and apothecaries here within the I am sure, but the Mexican seems... That is very peculiar. This is what I was thinking. Yeah, Mexican in uh, Vienna. Uh, so the doodle is of a creature sitting on a book under an arch, arch of stars. Uh, anybody, if you want, you can make me a reason academia. Uh, this is occult. Oh, uh, this to, is my Vienna. To try and determine well, what but... what this symbol is and what it represents. Well, I'm not as good as reason, but I do have a quote. One success is all you're going to need. I will take a piece of momentum and get three successes. Oh, oh, critical success for the, the bubble as well. Oh, I was hoping it was a complication. You burn <laughs> the notes under the light, but no. <laughs> that was That's what would happen if I had tried. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so this, this doodle of this creature leaning on the book with the stars above it. The two of you know that this belongs and is the insignia or symbol for the Sphinx Reading Club located here in Vienna, founded in Vienna. It is a, a dedicated to um, the occult and it was founded by novelist Franz Herndl in 1907. And the Sphinx Reading Club is one of many occult studying groups in Vienna. And that the club is housed in what was once a private residence in the Heimel 
Fange, I can't pronounce that word, gate, uh, part of the city, which is in brackets, gates of Heaven Street, close to the Ministry of Finance. So you know exactly where this place is located. I'm going to say with your critical success, though, you know that entry, you've heard of entry to this club, you either need to be a member or you need to know a member to get in there. They're very strict with letting, uh, okay. not letting people Matthew. in. Matthew, we didn't talk about this last time when it comes to um, when it came to our previous adventures, but I have like tons of contacts and things from character creation. Um, is it possible that my contact occultism that I get that I got for my spiritual leader background might uh, be an occultist in Vienna who might actually be part <laughs> that's, of this? That's really specific. I'm just saying we never used it. It's part of character creation. Might. You want to you want to burn that on a on a contact in Vienna? Oh yeah, for who sure. Who is a member of the Sphinx Reading Club? I would definitely do that. Yes. Okay. If you if you would let me, you you, you can reach out to your spot. contact in Vienna, who you know is a, a member of the Sphinx Reading Club, to try and get you in, or to get you in, not to try and get you in. That's the plan. Yes. Uh, we okay. We got. Three successes and a critical success. The Mexican apothecary part, though, is a little bit trickier. This note, you know that there are many bookshops in the old quarter of Vienna. Um, you don't know one per se specializing as an apothecary. Maybe if you ask around or you kind of focus your, your search within that section of Vienna, you may be able to find something. And perhaps we should start with the Sphinx Reading Club and see what we can do about finding out the, where this bookstore is secondarily. Yeah, Sphinx Reading Club is kind of your your most obvious lead. Sounds good. I've been meaning to, you know, catch up on my reading a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I have no doubt they will have very many fascinating tomes. Like the magazines with the pictures in them. Most of my life has been spent in studying the, the occult and mysticism. Not me. Yeah. Just crash course. So I'm glad we got a <laughs> professional. <laughs> Here it is. Um, so is it like late night, uh, early? Evening? Yeah, we're going to say it's like, um, around midnight at this point. It's, it's late night Vienna. I, so I'm, does, uh, do these hotel rooms have verandas, Matt? Sure. <laughs> yeah, let's go with it. Yeah, they got verandas. Excellent. So, um, I'll go out onto the veranda for a cigarette. Okay. And kind of just you know sit on the edge of the um a bit and take a look around yeah you see the the bright lights of vienna around you you can see the park in the distance and the ferris wheel is still turning and there's not quite as many people out here it has dwindled down quite a bit but there's still young couples and people and folks 
in the streets, having a good time, enjoying this evening. Bands are still droning on in the distance. One in particular is playing Amazing Grace right now. <laughs> do, do you want to just kind of scan the streets, or you just want to kind of just take in the sights, the sounds, smells of Vienna? I yeah, like it, and and uh, looking down at uh, the couples and um, a bit forlorn for my dearest Roger. Yeah, it hits you. Mm -hmm. It hits you hard right now. Absolutely, start swaying with the music, you know. You feel. You also get the general uneasy feeling that you're on the precipice of larger events that are about to play out here. Right. In Europe. It's a bittersweet moment for you. Thanks. Anybody else want to do anything tonight? Before heading to the Sphinx Reading Club in the morning? look at Jonathan, I'd be like, offer is still open. This is a very punchable face. It is. There's no disagreement there. It's possibly one of the most punchable faces I've ever seen. <laughs> I would not deny you that. It is because no. I have big nose and big mustache that's why it's punchable. Like, you want to flatten No, it. you're too charming. You make me feel inferior being next to you. Oh. You're just too much. So yeah, I, you, you're a very difficult book to read because I can't tell if you're being sarcastic right now or if you're being serious. It's very, very hard. You're very, very difficult to read. You like Sanskrit. Oh, it's just so... Ugh, what, what is this? It's like, you know... Like reading is future. It, is that like some sort of foreign slur or something? No, it is language. No, it, no it's fine. It's fine. Okay, now... You do look like you've had nose broken a few times, though. Yes, I fall down more than you would think. Uh, <laughs> quite often, actually. Like, at least 34 times per day. Like, for sure. Um, Gregor gets in under feet when I set him loose, but he, he means well. You know, he's just having fun. But yes, it's a bit, bit broken nose. I broke, I broke, broke, what, what is this called? Uh, I broke tooth. Any kind of like goes back. See, right there, tooth right there. And, Oh, yes, it, uh, many, many little things. And then I, I wanted to turn into like the Jaws scene where we're just sort of like sharing scars at that point. <laughs> yeah. Fingers got gotcha. tiny oh, yeah. ones. And then just seeing it, what, what is, what does Jonathan have? Because bobbles are all pretty minor, like, because all of his scars are internal and spiritual. I mean, if, if we do that, probably alcohol is involved. Like, there's just a myriad of bullet wounds and stab wounds. Cool. This was actually from a thresher when I was five. Um, and then most of this area here, that's um, shrapnel. I lost a good chunk of my torso here. Did you get it back? I mean, that seems like an important thing to lose. It grew back. That was part of the whole process. They said that's what killed me. So you Right died. here, I kind of lost... Not so much here or there, but kind of throughout a good chunk of the tour, so I lost a lot of that. How did that happen again? How did you die? What what, what killed you? Uh, um, like bear or like... No, yeah. explosion. The, the usual. Oh, like combat. Oh, God. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Okay. Well, 
Uh, I have decided. But you falling down is tough too. <laughs> right. Yes. Like there was this one time I was casting spell and like tentacle just like shot out of ears. It was very very painful. I didn't realize the ears could expand that big. But you know, I don't really get shot or stabbed too often. No, you win. This... Tentacles in the air. You win. Nope. Oh yes. And then there was this other time that the uh, portal opened up in front of me and I saw all time, space, history, and future at the same time. My head hurt for just days afterwards. Just, whew, very bad headache. No aspirin. Anyhow. Again, I've decided you can't punch me in the face because um, I think it would hurt too much. Yeah, I told you that. Yes, I think I'm an I, asshole, but I'm have... not a liar. No, 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 no. You're not asshole either. Dude. No. Why would I you am... think you're asshole? No, no. You're good. Good. Fella. I like it. It's fun. Uh, you know, that's fine. You know, you you you're a very very kind man. You seem like you you care. You don't want me to be hurt. You know, you're doing good. You know, that could some people might find that very attractive. You know, I'm, I can't speak the language around here, and you do. Someone might call you a catch. You know, I think that's still. Look, Pavel. Listen, I know what you're going to say. Just, just hear me out. Hear me. <laughs> no, 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 I'm happy for you, but not for me. <laughs> so it's okay. It's okay. I feel like we'll be together a long time, so I will wear you down over time, and I will convince you. I will convince you. Yes, yes. There is heart in here. You might have gotten torso ripped out, but the heart still beats, I believe. He puts a hand out. <laughs> <laughs> I think, does it? I'm gonna go finish this bottle in my room. <laughs> okay. Well, good night. <laughs> Back to you, Matt. All right. So uh, we call it an evening here. <laughs> that or the 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 the, the crew is. Bonding and gelling together for the big mission ahead that faces them. Uh, but you get most of you get a somewhat good night's sleep uh, last night, and you wake bright and early the next day, ready to take on this task that's been provided to you and find out more what's going on. Your interest has been piqued about this research that he does not want to get or did not want to get into the hands of the Third Reich or the Noctwolf particularly. Uh, and you know that this would be of particular interest to Section D. And um, with everything that's going on currently in Europe, you know that um, this is this is really, really, really important that you um, get to the bottom of it. So, you set out to the Sphinx Reading Club. But first, Pavel, you reach out to your contact in Vienna. Who is your contact? Yes. Oh, yes, Isabel Esman. She is lovely woman. Absolutely lovely. Is he 97, yes, 97 years old. <laughs> I think. I don't know. Math not my best subject. But very old. Don't say she's very old because that is apparently rude. Uh, even though, you know, age and death are just part of life cycle. So you reach out but to yes. her. You ring her. She she lets you know, I, I cannot. I don't feel like going. I'm too old. Pavel. <laughs> 
But um, that is true. You are very old. Come, but come uh, to this is come to my residence, and you can take my membership card and gain entry that way. I, you don't need me there. Why are you going there, by the way? Oh, you know, I'd like to. I I have a friend uh, who likes to read books, like on like fancy subjects and things that are not necessarily available in the public. The click. Domain. She just hangs up on you. <laughs> And, uh, and Pavel will continue talking yeah. for five more minutes because he's not really used to how phones work. So you can go to residence and get her membership card. She said she'll give it to you and you can do so. And that's fine. Okay. Uh, yeah, you get the membership card from Izzy Esman. There's yeah. a contact we can pull on in the future. 97 years old, young. And, uh, Pavel's not good with math. She's probably like 45 to be <laughs> His mind. <laughs> Who knows? How old is he? Pavel? I don't know. Like, he <laughs> lost count many lifetimes ago. All right. He's, he's seen some things. So are we are we splitting up and half of us going to the Sphinx reading room yeah, and what's... the other half looking for the bookstore? Or What's, or what's the, plan the plan here? Are y'all want to go to the Sphinx Club? What do you want to do here? That's, well, that's a large group. Um, to be uh, to be going to like an, uh, an occult sort of store. I don't know. It's what do you a, guys a private club. Hmm. I mean, obviously, you always split the party. Of course, it's that's agreed. It's, it's Cthulhu. You have to split the party. Yeah, know. right. I'm gonna say I probably. I'm just gonna admit, like you look at me. I'm not the sort of guy you're gonna invite into the the readers' club. Very oh. negative lately. You know, you need to cheer up. You are you are more than you think you are. Well, Sergeant Morris and I could go look for the Mexican apothecary bookshop while Pavel and yeah. uh, and Ruby go to the Sphinx reading room. Sure. Uh, absolutely. Uh, Sergeant Morris, will you be taking our child with you? Of course. I've grown incredibly fond of him. <laughs> could name him Floyd or something. I don't know. Just make sure I'll I'll go to go to Leopold. Just make sure you keep you know like peeking in and and uh, like treat it like a real baby, so people don't get suspicious. Ah, absolutely, uh, absolutely, Frau McKay. I this I can do. We will be very discreet, this uh, Sergeant Morris and and myself. Good luck. All right, so let's split the party. So who's going to the Sphinx Club and who's going to the to go find the apothecary? Leo and Sergeant Morris are going to the find the apothecary. Okay, perfect. I'm just making notes here. <laughs> Bear with me, Pavel and Ruby. Uh, so the two of you, you have a general idea with the bookstore, the apothecary, uh, of in town where you might want to start looking. Uh, do you want to just kind of start looking at windows? Do you want to start asking around for a Mexican that runs a bookstore around here? What, what do you want? To, how do you want to approach that? 
So I think, yeah, I think uh, Leo would go towards one of the other uh, more well-known bookshops in the quarter or, or an antique shop in the, in the quarter and, and just, just go up and be like, uh, pardon me, uh, we are looking for a particular a bookstore. It is uh, known as the Mexican Apothecary Bookstore. We were told it is somewhere in this area, do you, but we, we did not have an exact address. Are you able to provide me some directions? Uh, so let's, we're going to do a roll to see if this guy knows, but we'll make it one of your rolls to kind of get the information out of him. So we'll do a persuasion, particularly if you have charm, you can lean into charm and either of you can make, make this roll or both of you can make this roll persuasion and um, reason. This is and it's going to be a too difficulty to get like pinpoint. He's right here. This is your guy, sort of thing. Matt, did I misunderstand it? I thought I thought you had said that the apoth like the Mexican apothecary's bookshop was a secret location for the Sphinx like reading. No, it, two different places. Two different places. So the Mexican apothecary's bookshop is one place, and it is. You determined it's most likely in, I gave you like an area of the city, the old quarter, whereas the Sphinx Reading Club is like a well-known club here in Vienna that deals with the occult and you had knowledge on. Okay. So two different well, I thought you said places. one of them was like a hidden, but it was like a hidden meeting. I don't know why I wrote that down then. Okay. Sorry. I think the Sphinx Club you is need... kind of like exclusive. Yeah, you... how do you get invited in? You need to gain okay. it. You either need to be a member or you need to know a member to get into the Sphinx Club. Okay. Like they're they're known to the public, but you can't just like waltz in there and be like, "I want to join the Sphinx Club" or "Let me in." I have to. I want to ask some questions. So that that one you needed like some sort of like ties to, or you could have like disguised yourself and be like, "I am." Dr. Botho Ehrlichman, let me in, <laughs> right? Like you could like there's different ways to approach it. So how did sort of the, thing. how did like the reading club came up thing because the symbol was on the, the yeah, the, the symbol the insignia is that of the Sphinx reading club. The note next to it is to do with something else. So you've got two clues in one kind of hidden message or one handout. And you don't know how or why they're tied together, but they are two different places as far as you know. Because the Sphinx Reading Club is not a mix in a Mexican apothecary bookshop. So I'm going to spend a point of momentum to give myself an extra die. Well, wait a second. Fortune points refresh every session, right? Uh, it's at the end of every adventure. Oh, That's why we didn't adventure. get any before. Yeah. You can earn some, mm. and this is a short one. Like I said, before we started, before we went live, this Vienna section is really, really, really short. So at the end of this, mm. you're going to refresh. So if you want to okay. spend some, like, don't be afraid right. to. Then I will spend a fortune point to give myself an automatic critical on it okay. um, with one die. So let's see. So, So yeah, so fortunately I did that because mm. uh, otherwise I would have uh, failed. But I did get the two successes. With the crit. With the uh, crit. Yeah, so the gentleman in the bookstore there goes, oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, Oh, what was that gentleman's name? Ern, Ern, Ernesto? Ernest. Ernest. Oh, I don't know his last name. But um, you know, he runs a strange little store, a bunch of uh, the occult types here in town frequent him he, books on folklore and the such uh 
uh, you could find him, uh, and he gives you directions in this little hidden away nameless street in the heart of deep, deep, deep within the heart of Vienna. He goes, go here and you'll find his, uh, his shop. You are far too kind, sir. Thank you so much for your assistance in this. All right. So the two of you head on out with these directions and thanks to these directions. I got to stop playing Amazing Grace. Bear with me here. <laughs> I'm like, why is Amazing Grace playing in my ear right now? Well, I'll switch this up. As you walk the streets of Vienna, just Amazing Grace is constantly blaring at all times. We'll uh, switch this up. And, um... Sorry, I just saw your note in the chat there, Jeff. Does it make more sense now? There's two clues within the one no, clue. I don't think it does because, like, the whole reason I brought up the whole reading club was because, like, on the note, I don't have it up anymore, but on the yeah, note that had the Mexican book, like, apothecary bookshop, that's where the symbol was for the Sphinx reading club. It was next to it. Right, but it was, like, on the same notes. The it note was on the, the it was written apothecary. beside each other. This was the hidden note on the back of the letter right. to Gisalia. Yeah. So yeah, that's the, what I mean, though. Like, there was, like, those two things are intrinsically linked then. The idea of, like, this is on a note. Like, the, so, like, to, to me, like, I don't, I don't see why, why Ruby and I would go to the bookshop if not to, or go to the reading club if not to locate the bookshop. Maybe, like, you could. The key is at the bookshop, and then maybe we need that key to research the gates of history with this reading group or something. Yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of a stumble into it sort of investigator. Or, yes. I, mean, I just, I just, yeah, in my head, I, I, just, they, they I got felt you. felt like the same thing. You know, like, I got go you. I got the, you. Go to that to get the link to the yeah. bookshop. So, yep. yeah. I know. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, bookshop. Let's quickly do this bookshop. So, you guys find this, this shop on a nameless street in the old part of town. And it's uh, hardly a welcoming sight. You see there's a menagerie of books on display in the shop's window. And they're all covered with a thick layer of dust and cobwebs. Uh, and the, the windows themselves are equally dirty and covered in filth. And decorated with uh, some faded watercolor posters and such. Uh, but uh, there doesn't appear to be uh, much light coming from inside. You don't see really any activity coming from within the, the bookstore, but uh, this seems to be the place. Well, Sergeant Moss, shall we proceed? Yeah, Leo, you, you're good. Just like that. We were lucky. The, the, the gentleman knew where we were going. I mean, I'll take lucky. Even if it's somebody else's luck. So we try the uh, try the door. Yeah, you open the door, and as you do so, uh, a bell above the door rings as you open it, knocks it, and you're greeted by the sight of books piled everywhere on shelves, stools, on the floor. Uh, many of them have, like, slid into big heaps from uh, neglect, it appears, and you guys navigate your way between bookshelves and heaps of books and just, like, hazards everywhere. Uh, the air is really thick and heavy with the smell of mold, tobacco, and herbs. 
in the air. And there's strange paintings and objects dangling at uncomfortable angles all over crowded walls. And there doesn't appear to be anyone in the shop as you're kind of standing there. Uh, but there is a bell on the counter itself amongst all of these books. Sergeant Morris, perhaps if you would ring the bell and begin to ask the man if this Ernest is the man about the Dr. Bothell Erklerman and his research here, perhaps I can peer into his mind and determine if he knows more. All right. Sure. Blunt and to the point. I can do that. So ring the bell. Ding! You do so, and after a few moments, you can hear, like, some movement and shuffling from the back area. There's an opening behind the counter, and there's a curtain, and you can hear a shuffling of feet on hardwood. And after some time, as it gets closer and closer, the the the, the, the cover to the back opens up, and you're greeted by this really, really, really ancient-looking old man. He's hunched over. He's just got, like, little strands of white hair slicked back over his balding head. Uh, he's got uh, watery, dark eyes set into almost like a toad-like face. And uh, he he looks at the two of you and goes, Yes, how can I help you? Well, you can help us help a friend actually... Um, and actually, this is Jeremy Stone. Is it Dr. Botho or how is it pronounced? Oh, uh, Dr. Botho Ehrlichman. Botho Ehrlich. So, between you and me, Dr. Botho Ehrlich. Um, and probably Jonathan actually stumbles the last name. <laughs> um, he left something here. We need to pick it up. It's of most importance. Uh, oh, Ehrlichman, uh, yes, he was, I knew him, I uh, read, though, of his un, untimely demise. Hmm. It's, it's a shame, what's even more of a shame is the confusion it's put upon his wife, poor lady. I mean, who wants to have mysteries unsolved maybe if she could just have an idea of what he was doing in his final days it could help her get closure you see i'm a hopeless romantic deep down in this heart i want to help her can you help me help her uh i need you guys to make me a will plus persuasion test to convince him yeah, <laughs> uh, you do have momentum to spend, I, and and we and we'll get fortune back at the end of the thing. Yes. Oh yeah. You at know, the end I of would Vienna. just spend a fortune and just, just do it for for the bizarre <laughs> critical sure. success of persuasion. So, yeah. So help you me kind help of... her, <laughs> please. I'm not aware of a fiance per se, but he looks at you. You you look like an honest man. Yeah. Where are you from? Uh, all over. Originally in the States. Oh, I spent time in North America and Mexico City in my younger years, or I studied. 
Aztec rituals, very. And I made a few trips to the States when I was there. Excellent. Those are the ones with like the, the blocky things. Like not the slopey pyramids, but the blocky ones. Yes, the blocky ones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he goes. Kind of, he sits down on a on a on a chair. He goes, I So you know what Ehrlichman was working on then, if you're a friend of his, no? I've got a general idea. I'm not nearly as uh, specialized as him. Uh, you could say I was more of a uh, a protective influence in that scenario. Things were getting weird for him. Well, Unfortunately, I failed him. He was working on the secrets of Atlantis, and the Nazis were quite interested in what he was doing. I'm not going to lie, a part of me would like to see them succeed in their goal of discovering the secrets of Atlantis, but I know that that would jeopardize the world. As a follower of Yog sasoth I have seen signs that suggest the stars are almost right for such things. I think Sergeant Morris is just going to look back at Leo like <laughs> slack jawed, like... <laughs> It's obvious if you you don't need to do any mental rating to see John's just like I have nope. <laughs> my friend, uh, we, as 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 my colleague has said, we are here to assist uh, uh, Doctor Erklemann's uh, fiance in closing out his affairs. Uh, I appreciate your information. We were aware that he was researching into ancient civilizations and that he has discovered a key to his research here within your bookstore. Oh, well, not... here... Yes, yeah, not necessarily a key here, but he was reading many books over at the Sphinx Club. Yeah, he was taking them out there and doing, carrying out his research uh, there, but I know there was, there was eyes on him. One particular fellow uh, by the name of uh, Fuchs, I believe, I know, no, I don't believe, I know. I've been told, I've been told by the stars that he had something to do with his death, and I dislike him greatly. Do you know if we can find this, Mr. Fuchs? Oh, I don't know. Maybe he's left the city. Uh, that idiot, he killed. I know it, I know it. it's been It's been foretold that he killed Ehrlichman. Uh, and that he must, I and, and that he has his personal notes. Ah, very interesting. And you did say that you've been told. I, I, I apologize. I was further back in your lovely shop when you were speaking with my associate. Who did you say that you are uh, an adherent to? Oh, Yog Sasath? Ah. Are you a follower? I am familiar with some of the Elder Gods worship. I cannot say that I am a particular follower, but I respect your beliefs. Oh, I appreciate that. Uh, that was very good, very good. It's, uh, perhaps you could be uh, my next promising acolyte with uh, Ehrlichman's uh, untimely death. So, Miss, uh, yes, he had mentioned that he was studying with you, but he was not, he was very cagey about what he was studying. So now I hear that you've uh, initiating him into the higher mysteries. 
Oh, he was focused on those those papers on Atlantis. Uh, like I said, the the Nazis are also interested in it, but I fear uh, that uh, Ehrlichman revealed that uh, he got the attention of both Black Sun and the Noctwolf, and I want nothing to do with either of those. No, no one in their right mind would have anything to do with either of those corrupt and evil organizations. You are wise to keep a clear path from both of them. Yes, yes. Oh, I, I, well, I, hold on. And he starts, like, rummaging behind the counter, and he takes a scrap of paper, and he pushes it across the counter to the two of you. And uh, there's another handout here. <laughs> Where are you, handout? There we go. Says entropy, a state of chaos and decay, S equals K log west. He says, there you go. That is what that is what he left. That is his last uh last note. And I've been holding on to it. You of course know what that means, don't you? But of course, it is very interesting. We will be able to use this and help his fiance uh, cl uh, clear her heart of his death. Uh, uh, Should I wish to come back and speak with you more upon your your studies and your worship? Would that be acceptable to you? Yes, yes, yes. I I, I quite like the two of you. And um, have you made your way to the Sphinx Club yet? I know I asked about that. You... We, are, we are going there next. We had, uh, he had told us that uh, he had been reading there, but we wanted yeah. to see you first. You are closer to him than those, uh, than those associates at the Sphinx. Like I said, Fuchs, I know, was involved in it. And I believe he's a Noctwolf. Belongs to the oh. Noctwolf. Oh, joy. I'm sure this is, like, really unlikely, but any clue... Where normally Fuchs would be found, or where he's been while he was around here. Nice. I want to introduce him to a baby. A, a baby? <laughs> what? I do. What? That's strange. But okay. I'm I, a weird guy. That's why I get along yeah, with the doctor so well. I don't know. Like I said, I know he spends some time at the Sphinx Club, and that's where he was keeping an eye on Ehrlichman. All right. Also, Ernest. <laughs> He had been discussing with us the black stone at great length, but uh, he said you may have greater insight. Is this true? Uh, he shared with me just uh, passing remarks on his research. I do not know much more than that. I tried steering him the right direction to find the right manuscripts and books to help him deciphering this, but it all happened so quickly. His death, that is, and I... Didn't get uh, all the pieces of the puzzle, sadly. Hopefully you can recover his journal and notes from Noctwolf hands. Yes, that would be very... That would be a very good idea. We cannot have his research falling into the hands of the Noctwolf. Is there anything else you could tell us that may help us put oh, an end to this? That's all I know other than... um. You, that note, you, do you know what that means? Seriously, really? I will be honest with you. I have a colleague who is more well-versed in, in the 
in the particular arts here, I am more of a, a mystic as opposed to a, a thargamist or such. So I, I I have a general idea. Do you have, what is your theory, my uh, friend? Well, it's not a theory. That equation uh, is that of Ludwig Boltzmann's formula describing entropy. That's exactly what's on there. Anyone in Vienna knows that. Yes, but what does it mean with regards to finding Atlantis? That is the question, not what the formula says, but how Maybe, does it relate? Well, perhaps this is a clue to something Ehrlichman left behind. Ah, you're very wise, Ernest. This is why he was a friend of yours. I see it now. Ludwig passed away not too long ago, and that is carved in his tomb. Perhaps you'll pay a visit to the cemetery and dig up a grave tonight. <laughs> we have All done right. stranger things, Ernest. I appreciate your, your discretion in this matter, and I will be sure to stop back by so we can discuss... At greater length, your worship. Very good. I am tired and old. I uh, must take my leave. Lock, uh, lock the door on the way out. Tell you what, you got any favorite food or drink, let us know. We'll bring you by something if you're peckish. Okay. Uh, I'm fine now. I'm satiated. And uh, yeah, but please come back and visit me again. We will right. indeed, Ernst. All right. Uh, and then we have the Sphinx Club, but I think we'll save that for next time. The two of you walking into the Sphinx Club, unaware of the information the others gathered. Yay! About the member, some members of the Sphinx Club and such. There are two separate clues there. I know it's confusing. Sorry about that, guys. I was It was my idea to split the party, and, and now I'm going to get Ruby and Pavel killed. I suck. No, but like if you were watching a show, that's the way it should happen. They are kind of tied. They're kind of tied. All right, so there we go. Session one of Shadows of Atlantis out of the way. We are more than halfway through Vienna at this point. Uh, so yeah, good start. Good start. I found, uh, I like that this opening is very, I don't know, reminding me very much of like an Indiana Jones or spy kind of setup. It's neat. Uh, double agents everywhere, eyes and ears watching you. And uh, of course, you get to, you get a nice little dose of Cthulhu and Lovecraftian in here as well going on. So, all right, let's do a round table. Uh, Jeff, what do you got going on between now and next week, uh, Thursday? uh let's see tomorrow night we got travelers we're starting up our first session we did a character creation last week so we're doing a proper session tomorrow uh saturday we're doing one ring second edition uh diving into some fellowship based stuff and monday we are back to deadlands oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah jerry and i are in that Yay. yeah uh megan what games did you play between our last uh session last week and this week um candyland candyland a classic very good how did it go it it was it was spectacular it was my youngest <laughs> ta uh, turn to um pick the game and she said we had to dress in costumes so we did um and it was it, it was great very cool very yep. cool uh Aaron, what do you have going on 
Uh, let's see. Uh, tomorrow on Friday, Garblag Games at uh, 9 p.m. GMT or 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We'll be playing some Monster of the Week. Then next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 9 p.m. GMT, also on Garblag Games. We'll be back for some more Wrath and Glory as we search through the Underhive. Thursday, as long as Lewis is feeling better, we'll be back to the One Ring at uh, 9 p.m. GMT, 1 p.m. Central Standard or Pacific Standard Time, and uh, then we'll be back here for some Starfinder. Yes, that's right. Uh, and Jeremy, you've got something that you want to plug? Yeah, uh, if you, if you check out Aaron Reese on Patreon, you've got comics, you got art, you got maps, plenty of RPG assets. You won't be sad you checked it out. Very good. Uh, yeah, and like uh, Jeff said, I'll be playing in Deadlands on Monday, and next week we'll be back now, alternating every other week between Octoon Cthulhu and Starfinder Horizons of the Vast campaign. So we've got that going for the next little while. So thank you, everybody who joined us. It's fun getting back into Octoon Cthulhu. I love the setting, the World War II. I love the weird also in there. So this is going to be a lot of fun. Have a great week, and we will see you next week Thursday. <laughs>